everyone. Welcome back to Gals on Topic, your favorite book club, and then some. I'm Sadie. I'm Izzy. And today we're back and our topic is Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros, chapters seven through nine. Great chapters. Great it's chapters. It's so good. I love these chapters. Um, I was so mad I had to stop reading, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Your texts were hilarious. She's finally getting a taste of her own medicine from the Akatar books where she was texting me being like, this is a cruel form of torture. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like I should come clean to you about some of the intrusive thoughts that I was having. So I finished oh reading chapter nine last week and like I mean we'll talk about it when we get through the chapters but I was so into these chapters and I finished chapter nine and I was so angry that I had to stop <laughs> like it's it's honestly it's I am not a patient person like I'm an extremely impatient person and I'm also like a little bit obsessive where when I start something I have to finish it like right away like give me a crossword puzzle I am gonna sit there until it gets done like it drives me crazy to not like complete something (laughs) so to have to move through this so slowly when like in any other circumstance I would have finished this book in one day um it actually (laughs) is torture and when I when I was (laughs) when I was finishing chapter nine and I all I wanted was to keep going I was like what would be the harm of me reading this whole book tonight and just pretending that I don't know Oh my god. <laughs> did, oh my god. It did cross Other my mind. Other than just ruining the entire setup and foundation of our show. You know, what would de- be the harm? There was just a little devil on my shoulder whispering in my ear, but um you know, obviously I didn't. I didn't even look at the next page and I've Obviously haven't, you know, avoiding spoilers and everything, but just for one second that crossed my mind. So I just wanted to, you know, unburden myself and tell you that. I appreciate your honesty, but I also admire your strength. (laughs) Thank you. Um, you, I think I feel like that was a good way to tee up that we uh, realize we should probably for any new listeners re-explain kind of the premise of our podcast Um, yes you go ahead well we've just seen a new wave of interest obviously we're switching series so there's a whole new set of people coming to us now for fourth wing which is so exciting and if you didn't listen to our first two seasons of a court in thorns and roses and a court of mist and fury which you should but if you haven't um sadie and i I don't know. How much of a recap do we give? We're two best friends. <laughs> we're two best friends. <laughs> Going back to our little trailer. No, we're two best friends who love to read. Um, and for our first two seasons, Sadie was reading Akatar for the first time, which was also obviously wildly popular. I had read the whole series and we were going kind of, you know, three to five chapters at a time recapping those books, which was so much fun. Um, and yeah, and the whole, the whole premise was like, I had never read it before. I was reading it in real time. Izzy had read it and she was like recapping what happened. And I was like live reacting and making predictions and stuff. It was fun. Yes. Yes. And the premise of the podcast is that it feels like a book club. Like we're two friends. We're talking, we call it gals on topic because we try our best to stay, you know, on topic of the book, but we inevitably get off topic as 
all of your book clubs probably do as well. So um, we're really excited to be starting Fourth Wing and we're loving it so far. And we will plan to keep going with Akatar as well. But we wanted to, you know, stay. We wanted to get in on, in on the hype, basically, of Fourth Wing. Um, was feeling a little left out with this one. Everyone's talking about it. So if you're new, welcome. We're excited that you're here. Yeah, and, and this and this is even more fun because now we have like two minds working together trying to predict what's going to happen, and it's fun. It's fun to like hear your perspective and where your mind goes, and I'm like already having so much fun. Yeah, I can't wait to I can't wait to keep reading. Obviously. <laughs> um, okay, so before we get into our chapters, um, let's do a little weekend recap. I didn't see Sadie oh, yeah. this weekend, which you know always always breaks my heart. But um, what did you get up? <laughs> what did you get up to? I quite literally did absolutely nothing. Like nothing. That lovely. Actually, that's a lie. On Friday, I went out with my friends from work. We do an annual kids outing where like basically everyone below manager goes out together with their significant others. And it was a great time. Um, I love all those people. And then I was hungover all day on Saturday. Lazy. Didn't leave the house once. Basically the same thing Sunday. <laughs> That's honestly lovely. I have a weekend in two weekends where I plan to do nothing and like I couldn't be more excited. So Yeah, I wish that I like like I needed that. I needed a weekend of doing nothing. But I'm also just like the kind of person who like will sit on the couch and be like, I can't do anything, but then just like sit in the anxiety of the fact that I'm not doing anything or getting anything done. <laughs> no, I'm the same way. Like being at peace is very uncomfortable for me. <laughs> yeah. I just can't reach it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds um, lovely. I'm excited to see you next weekend. I know. We have fun plans and we'll be recording in person, which is my favorite. Yes. Um, what did you do this weekend? I went up to Notre Dame for Friday, oh, Saturday. Right. It was our friend group does like one game where we all come back for that one game as like our annual reunion. Um, so it was lovely to see everyone. It was Notre Dame USC, which is a big rivalry. We absolutely destroyed them. So it was a great game yeah. to be at. Um, following up from last week when I was talking about how hot our quarterback is, lovely to see him in person. Um, you know, you get all the additional shots of like him on the jumbotron and at the end when we had a few minutes left and we were obviously going to win the game, he kind of ripped his helmet off and the camera was following him on the sideline and all the girls like flowing. You, you would think we were at a boy band concert, like all the girls in the stadium start screaming and he looks up at, he looks into the camera and kind of like smirks. It was embarrassing, but also like the hottest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. He must be, like, riding so high right now. Like, he must feel like the hottest man in the world. You're quarterback of a D1 legendary college football team, and these women are just swooning. Yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, I'm grateful that he wasn't in college at the same time I was because I would have lost my mind. Like, I... (laughs) Like I'm, I'm three years out. Like <laughs> if I was a student and thought I had a chance, oh man. Uh, oh man. Oh my um, God. That's hilarious. And then yesterday I came home, um, 
I got a massage, which was lovely. I, it was a delayed birthday present. And I will just say, this is the second time in a row where I've had a male masseuse. And I keep forget forgetting to request a female masseuse. I never thought it really would matter to me, but it is weird. I just want it is weird. to put that out there. It's weird. Um, yeah, just it's don't, weird. Don't need, to, don't need a man's, strange man's hands all over me. <laughs> well, it's like... You tr- you're trying to relax, but you're very aware that you're naked in ba- on basically a bed in a room with a random man. And you can't really forget that because they kind of talk to you, you know, like he'll be yes. like Pre- pressure good. And I'm like, mm, yeah, Ooh. thanks. Oh, God. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or he'd be like, do you want this part massage? And I'd be like, yes, please. Like, it's just weird. It's weird. It is weird. That is weird. But it was still lovely. Especially so as overall, like a young woman. It yeah. just feels like more at risk. <laughs> so the weirdest part was, um, you know, you go you go get a full body massage. They massage everything. Like they massage, like, like just, you know, you, your glutes. Your, your butt cheeks. Yeah. No, but that's the thing. He asked. He was like, do you oh. want your glutes massaged? And then I had to say no, because I'm not going to say yes and sound like a freak. But... Yeah, in but reality, he was definitely trying to be respectful and not just like grab your ass. Like, what if well, you totally no, no, totally. Which I get, but the thing is, then I can't say yes because then I feel weird. So I had <laughs> to say no, even though your you know your glutes are your largest muscle, and that's where tension comes from sometimes. And so and in reality, you need to get that massaged. But I had to say no. <laughs> so I'm so sorry. You're gonna those get are my thoughts. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and now you'll never forget to request a woman. Yeah, that's my PSA to everyone. Request a woman. Just do it. It does matter, actually. But anyway. It does. <laughs> but anyway, let's get let's into get fourth into wing because I've, I've been yeah. waiting all week. Yes. I'm sorry to delay you another day. I The bills were on Sunday night football. We were supposed to record yesterday, but the bills were playing Sunday night football and as I live in Indianapolis with the Colts, the Colts, if they play at one, like when all the other games are on, they don't put the bills on TV. So it's like one of the, so I have to watch it on red zone. So it's like one of the few games where I get to actually watch the entire thing. And while it was incredibly painful as we almost lost to the giants, unacceptable, <laughs> we did end up winning and I got to watch the whole game. So I appreciate your flexibility, Izzy. No worries. I was making chili last night, so... Ooh, it was great. I've been needing to make chili. It's been uh, popular, popular on TikTok lately. I can send you the recipe. <gasps> Please do. Please do. Okay. Fourth wing. Chapter seven. Um, so we ended chapter six with her f- returning from the hospital wing after uh, like... I forget what it's called, but like basically a showing like before their matches really start, they kind of just like face off and kind of get used to practicing on the mat and everything. And um, this one girl like almost rips her arm off. So she's returning home from the hospital wing and finds a notebook written by her brother that was left there by her sister. Um, Basically like a how to survive here guide. Yeah, which is really like turning the tides for her, you know? She was down bad, and now it's like, now she's like, I got this. Totally, totally. 
So chapter seven, the quote, uh, there's actually two quotes at the beginning of this one. So, um, Izzy, will you do the honors of reading them? Of course. (laughs) So the little intro blurbs are from the Basquiat War College Code of Conduct, and it's two addendums to the code. The first one says, in the best interest of preserving peace within Navarre, no more than three cadets carrying rebellion relics may be assigned to any squad of any quadrant. That's addendum 5.2. Then we go to addendum 5.3, which says, in addition to last year's changes, marked ones assembling in groups of three or more will now be considered an act of seditious conspiracy and is hereby a capital offense. It's giving umbrage. It's really interesting also. Yeah. Um, This one was really interesting to me because we still don't have any details about what the rebellion was for. Yeah. And I'm starting to lean towards that once we get those details, we're going to be pro-rebellion. I think so, too. And I think Violet is, too. And... Especially after this chapter. Especially after this chapter. And because of this second addendum, there must have been a flare-up, obviously, of the rebellion to make Mm -hmm. this second one. And need to know when that was and what happened also, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It um it's very interesting and it very much was giving me Umbridge vibes yes. from Harry Potter. Yes. When they were gathering to actually learn defense against the dark arts. And I just can't help yeah, I just can't help but wonder they really are keeping those details from us. And I feel like I would love to know like what Violet thinks it was because she hasn't even really mentioned that because I'm sure she She hasn't some story about what it was related to and that and like I would imagine she has one story but then learns another um when she gets to know all these children of the rebels but um but yeah we haven't even heard what she thinks it is you know yeah I'm this I love the technique of Rebecca giving us these little breadcrumbs that like relate to the chapter because it adds mm-hmm. like a really good lead into each chapter. It kind of like piques your interest before every single chapter. Yeah, and you're and it you're totally you... right. I was oh, gonna say go you're totally you're you're totally right. It's giving Filch like nailing those decrees to the yeah. wall every time yeah. someone steps out yeah. of line. And it also like it's almost like. If you read the chapters without them, not every single one, but a lot of them without the blurb in the beginning, you would be reading through an entirely different lens. Like she's like setting you up to read it how she wants you to read it. It like really helps her underlying story. Yeah. And you don't know, is she misleading us? Is she giving us helpful clues? Like you have no idea. This is actually true. (laughs) It's so interesting. It's so interesting. So that was another okay. good quote to start off, but yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked that one. And it was funny because in all the other chapters, I had like not even read the quote before reading it. And then you had mentioned to do that. And then when I read that chapter like that night, I was like, oh, I got to read the quote. And it was like so good. Like that one was so good for this chapter. It was. Um, okay. Back over okay. to you, Sadie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Isabel. Okay. <laughs> The chapter opens with Violet sneaking along the river beneath the citadel in the middle of the night in search of berries. 
which yep. if picked at the perfect moment will act as a poison she will use in the challenges that start next week. So I already have Apparently something to say. She's been s- <laughs> what? So I already immediately I had a note that I have to oh, say. Oh, okay. <laughs> because if you recall, at the end of last chapter, we were like very confused about when she's safe from Zayden, like when she's safe from being killed by him because he has apparently this like death vendetta against her, you know. And we were confused on the rules, but we were we landed at, well, it seems like as long as she's with other people, she's okay. And then <laughs> this chapter literally starts off with her lurking along a deadly river in the middle of the night alone. So I just wrote, he's going to get her. He's going to get her right now. And then, and then and then I flipped the page and I immediately saw his name. So I wrote in all caps, I knew it, Violet, you're a fool. But anyway, <laughs> literally first thoughts. Wow, you were ready. You knew. You knew what was happening. Um, but apparently she's been sneaking out every night for the past nine nights collecting different quote-unquote weapons it seems like natural poisons yeah Um, and she's not allowed she's not allowed after night so like she's also breaking a rule and he's in charge of her punishments also so I also was like well you're gonna get caught tisk yeah Yeah. um so she climbs up a tree to fetch the berries and as she's climbing down she freezes because two figures walk under the tree Da 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 Izzy already gave it away um, it's Imogene, the cadet who almost ripped her arm off, and Zayden, of course. Imogen's They're an unfortunate wit- name. It is. Poor thing. She really is combating it, though, because she has, like, a uh, half-shaved head with, like, fiery pink hair. <laughs> yeah. So she's, she's like, she's making like, the name Imogen gonna- cool. Yeah. She's like, you, you going to make fun of my name, bitch? Like, that's the vibe I'm getting, you know? Yeah, true. Also, um, I immediately was like, is she going to, is Violet going to poison everyone she has to fight? Like, we get more details later, but I was like, damn, that's ruthless. Like, you're just going to poison everyone? Also obvious, but I mean, it unfolds later. Yeah. But I don't know how like, she really gets, I don't know how, like, like, it is obvious that her opponent is just magically sick every week, but we'll get to that. Um, okay. So the Zayden and Imogen, Imogen, whatever they're whispering, but she can't hear what they're saying over the rushing water. And, um, and she, she has a. I want to note that in this moment, she has a thought that maybe they are lovers and she's wondering if Imogen is the kind of girl that Zayden goes for. Which is, like, definitely a hint of some baseline attraction for Zayden from Bai. You know? Oh, she's, she's like, straight up attracted to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was, like, besides her initial, like, first look at him where she was like, wow, this man is the most exquisite man I've ever met. This is, like, the first time where she's, like, even though she knows he's, like, out to kill her, she's like, is this is this the kind of girl he likes (laughs) yeah you know it's hard (laughs) it's funny like her internal monologue is really funny there's a line later that I like literally screamed at which I'll call out when we get to it but yeah she like Mm -hmm. knows she shouldn't be attracted to him because obviously he's trying to kill her but every time she describes his face she's like perfectly chiseled jawline tensed looking at me (laughs) like it's really funny (laughs) yeah um okay so like 
slowly like two dozen more cadets arrive all with rebellion relics tisk, tisk, yeah tisk, breaking i the wrote rules. i um, wrote is, so that's a capital offense um yeah no i wrote dying to hear oh oh god you really <laughs> you really do have all the thoughts today <laughs> sorry i do have a lot of thoughts no it's no, good I wrote, I wrote oh shit a rebellion meeting let's freaking go i'm pumped for this <laughs> oh man okay um so violet is like dying to hear what they're saying because she needs to know if they're if this is like an innocent gathering or if they're plotting and uh she does a wild move and starts moving down the branches to get close enough to hear what they're saying this was like you're literally i had a feeling she was gonna just like fall into the crowd yeah um yeah, she also says maybe they're just homesick and all meeting together. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that would not fit the vibe. That would not fit the vibe. Um, so it turns out, like based on her listening in, it turns out that this is kind of like kind of like a little union of outcasts, I would say. So all of the cadets with rebellion relics, it seems like they're typically targets. Like people will look for the first chance to call them a traitor and then like force them to fail. Um, So it appears that it's like they're kind of coming together so that the older cadets who have survived can help the younger ones because no one's really looking out for them. Um which is like kind of nice. And Violet's like, damn it. I don't want to find a single thing about Zayden to be admirable, but this is annoyingly admirable. Um, so Zayden's like asking everyone what they need to be successful. Um, and some have like legitimate questions and he's helping. Um, one is like crying, like I can't handle this. Like I, I can't do the death and blah, blah, blah. And Zayden's like, well, then I can't help you. So you should probably just accept that you're going to die, which was like a little tough. Yeah. Like when when they first described the meeting, like it definitely I thought it was going to be like they're planning a rebellion again, like they're meeting to move mm-hmm. the rebellion forward. But then it's like Zayden's little like posse where he can help them all survive. Um, yeah. I was really excited for like a rebellion meeting, but this is really cool too. It's like another layer of Zayden. It's obviously. like a, yeah, it's definitely like a character moment for Zayden. He, um, he kind of like, there's a couple of people who say they're like struggling on the mats. So he pairs them up in groups of three, which is like the legal limit <laughs> and yeah. uh, to like practice with each other and like learn, which is just so nice. And, but there's like one question that really stands out. Obviously someone asks for help with the battle brief. They say, it's not that I can't keep up, but the information dot, 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 and Zayden says, keep what you know, but recite whatever they tell you. And both mine and Violet's thoughts were, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, yeah. what are they talking about? Like, clearly there is some kind of propaganda or like reframing of history that's being taught. History is written by the victor, you know. Oh, that was deep. Um <laughs> So Violet's realizing there's nothing wrong with what they're doing here. They're just counseling the youth. 
but it's against the law and so she's really torn because she knows she should really be telling dane um but then as she's having these thoughts someone asks when do we get to kill violet soaringdale <laughs> awkward and uh there's some banter and agreement but zayden says i told you already the youngest soaringdale is mine and i'll handle her when the time is right and uh then people start giving Imogen shit for using her powers on the mat um, against uh, against Violet because, you know, she's supposed to be saved for Zayden. But she rebuttals, her mom is responsible for the execution of my family. And one of the th- other third years says her mom is responsible for the capture of nearly all of our parents. Keyword capture not her daughter punishing children for the sins of their parents is the navar navarian way not the tyrish tyrant tyrant i can't remember the actual word tyrus something like that that is they are part of navarre they're just the ones that was like the main area that tried to rebel yeah and so it's kind of like cool to see this back and forth of like different perspectives on it you know yeah i also as i was reading this um, I was getting kind, I was getting irritated with Imogen because it was like, I was said the rebels need to learn that children are not responsible for their parents' crimes and they can F off and leave Violet alone. And then I read the next paragraph and I was like, oh, never mind. They do know that. Apologies to Garrick who stood up for her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And then Zayden also mentions that, um, you know, his family killed Violet's brother. He brings that up next. Like she has every reason yeah. to hate them too. So yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm really glad that he's seeing both sides, but then what does handle her mean? What does that mean? I don't know. I think it means like turn. Her. I think he has a plan to like get her on their side. It's just interesting to me because how can he know that she'd be willing to do that like it really seemed at first he hated like did hate her and he's told everyone that he has plans to kill her what if brennan was like kind of on his side kind of on the rebel side and he said he knew about the sister yeah i can i can see that because there's definitely some stuff with the brother that's going to keep coming up like the way he died gets brought up like there's definitely some stuff so Either Zeta knows it from that or like he knows from his shadows, which we haven't talked about, but we'll get to that. She could have sympathy for them. Like she's not like an evil copy of her mom. Yeah. Yeah. I was also wondering that because there's more scenes in these chapters where Zayden is clearly not bought in that she's like her mom at all you know what I mean like he knows something about her he's definitely like giving her way more grace than he could you know he's he's taking a special interest in her like Mm -hmm. he really he really given their history that we know he should either be out truly out to get her or at best be neutral towards her Mm -hmm. and he's like taking a special interest yeah so let's let's get to it because that's kind of the theme of the next three chapters um okay yeah so my next thing was literally thoughts what I just said so (laughs) um but I oh another thing I wanted to point out from this conversation is that we learn that 
all of the children of the rebels are not volunteers in the rider squadron. So like every other cadet is a volunteer, but if you're the child of a rebel, you're conscripted to go to the rider squadron. You're forced to go. So, and that's kind of like why Zayden was like the same things happening to her. Like she was also forced to come here. Which is interesting because she specifically said in chapters one through three, the writers are the only ones that don't take conscripts. But that must mean other than rebels. Yeah, I get you're right. You're right. She did say that. So they just don't count the writer. or They, sh- they just don't count the rebel children. Like they just automatically have to go. But that was confusing. Yeah, That's a good point. I forgot about that. Anyway, <laughs> we'll just we'll just jump over that plot hole. Um, so. <laughs> She so they end up wrapping up their little meeting and start heading back to the dorms or whatever um, in, in groups of three. And she waits out for a long time to make sure that they're all gone. She finally jumps out of the tree. But of course, Zayden is right there, grabs her with a dagger to her throat and says, scream if you die or scream and you die. <laughs> Dang it. I was trying to I was trying to say that like <laughs> intensely and I misspoke. <laughs> yeah, I was. um. I was originally when I was reading this, I was thinking this is a very reckless move. Them all meeting like this because the punishment is so severe. Like they could all just be wiped off the map, you know, but Mm -hmm. given his special powers and ability to detect people. Now it makes more sense that they're able to get away. Totally. Yeah. So we learn what is he's talking about is we learn that he knew she was there the whole time because his signet power is shadow wielder which is extremely rare and valuable but basically you and know, cool he can, yeah you can see he can see in the shadows but um he can wield so the shadows they, yeah i don't really know what that means well they had that scene they Are, have the scene is it giving where, like wait what well, there's the scene where she throws the knife at him and it sticks it sticks to the tree and then the shadows form a hand and go up and get it like he can like wield the shadows to his oh discretion oh, I basically that, I think. yeah oh okay i guess it's kind of like resand right like uh, well asriel darkness yeah or asriel asriel is the shadow singer true but i never really understood what that meant <laughs> <laughs> well we haven't gotten the asriel book yet so. <laughs> okay that's true that's true maybe next um okay so so they are they're kind of in a standoff, um, semi semi flirting, dare I say, um, in an in an in a I could kill you at any second kind of way. So Violet throws two daggers at him that land perfectly on either side of his head, and he doesn't flinch at all. But then, but he's he is impressed with how close because she intentionally perfectly missed his head, um, and he says. You should show that little trick to Jack Barlow, Harlow, the next snapping first year who's very publicly vowed to slaughter. You might think twice about plotting your murder if you threw a few daggers at his head. Hold, remember that quote. It comes up later. Um, <laughs> as he does this, he takes one of the daggers and tucks it back into place on her thigh, then lifts her cloak and tucks the other one back in the straps around her ribs. Yeah, everything he does is sexual. Is, is sexual. He also has the line <laughs> when they're like really close together when he first comes upon her, um, where he says, 
Eidos hasn't warned you not to get caught alone in the dark with me? Like, oh, whoa. <laughs> I literally wrote that down and I wrote, here we go. Here we go. I also, I love I wrote, him already. I, wrote, I do. What'd you say? I said, I love him already. I really do. Me too. Me too. He is like, so just like sly and sensual. And I literally wrote, I, when I put, then lifts her cloak and tucks the other one back in the straps around her ribs. I just put it all caps next to it. That is very intimate and sexy. <laughs> the thigh, especially very intimate and sexy. It's giving mm-hmm. when Reese was, um, yeah, putting the put, daggers putting on Feyre before mm-hmm. they went to the weaver. And that I remember being like, woo for, and this is that same scene kind of coded differently. Basically. Yeah. So he asks her if she's going to tell anyone about his little club and she answers honestly no because he was helping them and she doesn't see why that should be punished. And he responds, interesting. We'll see if you keep your word. And if you do, then unfortunately it looks like I owe you a favor. He didn't have to say that. Like he didn't have, he could have just said my favor is letting you live, you know? Yeah, totally. And she, so he starts walking away and she's like, you're not going to handle me. And he's like, not tonight. And she's like, what are you waiting for? And, uh, he says, it's no fun if you expect it. Now get back to bed before your wing leader realizes you're out after curfew, which he's his wing. She, I can't talk today. I'm literally too excited. He is her wing leader, which is just like cute that he says it that way. Um, yeah. But the chapter ends with her thought of a slow smile spreads across my face as I tuck my arm back into my sling, sighing with relief as the weight is taken off my shoulder. A fool with fondly berries, which is the berries that she caught, which he didn't take. He very easily could have taken. But I just like love, 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 love this whole interaction of them. Yeah. No, this is when I, like I was reading and you know, you hit that point in a book where it's like you start a book, it's new, you're like getting into it, it's good. But then you hit a point with some books where you're like, oh no, this I'm, I'm so in. invested like I'm yeah. in with like my mind, body, soul. And that's where I was getting to with these chapters. So that's a really exciting place to be. Um, yeah. But I have three thoughts after this chapter. One, I was confused as how much as to how much time has passed. Like in the previous chapters, it was like day one, day two. And she was so scared, lost, like mm-hmm. in constant danger. Now it seems like she's found her footing. Like she's kind of has a routine. Like things have been figured out. Like she seems okay. Um, Second thought. It was really nice to see the writers have this kind of group. Because up until this point, it's really seemed like every man for themselves at this place. Mm -hmm. And it was nice to see some loyalty and some camaraderie. Camaraderie. Yeah. I agree. Um, I totally agree. So that was my second thought. Third and final thought is it's very, very risky for Zayden to just let her live in this moment unless he like really knows that she's telling the truth and she won't tell anyone. Because if she tells literally anyone, they are all screwed and that's a really big gamble to take. So I don't I don't know if he also can kind of like sense the truth or whatever, but yeah. No, I I get it too, but I do think one, I think he has kind of no choice 
but to other that like he could either kill her for seemingly no reason and she's the general's or commander's daughter or he can kind of trust that she is telling the truth but I do think he knows a little something about our character like I really think the Brennan theory is something he must have some experience with someone in her family that tells him like maybe it's Mira like maybe Mira's but she tells him tells her specifically to stay away so I don't think it's Mira I think Mira's like team mom and I think Brennan was team rebels Secretly. I agree with you because I know like I was saying before she he was out to kill her and he's kind of within his rights to kill her right now they're alone he could have just pushed her in that river she said like other people die in that river she would have like washed up like miles away yeah um, he has plans he has plans so he has plans and he knows something and he knows something about her character like he must know that she he could believe her because he had an experience with Brennan or something. Yeah. But or maybe he knows she'll be useful. Like he knows that yeah. she's going to have a cool power or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So chapter eight. Do you want to um, read our little our little oh. quote above? Oh, sure. I don't think I had major thoughts about this one. Um, okay. This quote is from the the book oh no this one's good too this is from the book <laughs> effective uses of wild and cultivated herbs because she's gonna poison people and it says yeah. there is an art to poison not often discussed and that is timing only a master can properly dose and administer for effective onset one must take into account the mass of the individual as well as the method of delivery i and i wrote before i read the chapter foreshadowing violet's failure to properly administer a poison yeah boy was it (laughs) boy was it (laughs) so the chapter opens with violet waking up in her bunk for breakfast duty which we learned she had signed up for last week she's thinking about dane and there he is waiting outside of her door to escort her uh to escort her to her breakfast duty when she enters the hall Sweet Dane. On their wet. Yeah, he is. He loves soul. her. He actually is kind he, of obsessed with her. He loves her. We, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of fly over a lot of their back and forth, but he really does some, like, very sweet things. Um, But, so, on their way, they run into Rhiannon and Tara, who were clearly just hooking up. Um, And that leads to kind of a little conversation about Violet's sex life, which is, which is a cute little flirty moment with them too, but they don't cross any lines. And I just wish that Dane would cross a line. Like every time Violet pushes him to cross the line, he doesn't cross the line. I'm like, cross the line. (laughs) He might as well. He's obsessed with her. He's obsessed with her. It's crazy. I know. Also, in this moment, in the same conversation, he tells her again that it's not too late, too late to sneak down to the scribes. And I literally wrote, give me a break. I feel like Dane needs to be helping her get better instead of just worrying and trying to get her to leave. Like, he needs to do what Zayden's doing for his crew to Violet. Like, Wait, he needs to so coach funny. her. It's so funny that you say that because of what happens later. (laughs) I know. I know. 
This um, is why I'm team Zayden so far. I know, but I don't know what it is. Like, I am definitely, like, more attracted to Zayden. Definitely, like, agree with Zayden's methods. I just, like, roll my eyes every time Dane brings up the scribe, scribe quadrant. But I don't know why. I, like, still want her and Dane to kiss. I just feel like it was, it's like a childhood romance that like when you have it probably won't be as good as what you built it up in your head but like you just need to let it out you know like I just need them to hook up so they can move on and so Zayden can get jealous yes (laughs) (laughs) no I like him too I'm I'm being harsh on him like he's overall like overall he's sweet there's just like there's things to critique, which is no, why he needs I like to make drop, notes of it. He needs to drop the scribe thing. He needs to drop yeah. it. It's every every interaction we have with him, he brings it up. And I'm like, it's so too late. Also, every ever since you said uh, he's like Dean from Gilmore Girls, that's who I picture. I picture like that Me actor. too. <laughs> and Me it's kind of spot on. <laughs> it's perfect. Dean is so Dean. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Okay, so Dean, Dean, now I said Dean, uh, <laughs> Dane asks if she is ready for the challenges that start that week, since she'll be up against Oren Seifert, who's a tall blonde boy from First Wing that has a strong punch, she says, and uh, he does his whole, I want to protect you from everything spiel again. Um, Violet grabs his hand and says, you can't save me from this, Dane. I'm going to be challenged once a week, just like every other cadet. And it's not going to stop there. You can't protect me from threshing the gauntlet, Jack Barlow. And at this, Dane cuts Violet off and tells her to stay clear of Jack Barlow. Don't give him a reason to come after, come after her as he is already responsible for many deaths. And both me and Violet are thinking in this moment, how different the advice was from Dane and Zayden and you know I like how Jack's name is just Jack like everyone else yes. is Zayden Rhiannon and then there's a Jack you never get a Jack in these types of books I love the name Jack yeah it's just it's not like a you know I mean I don't love the character name. yeah, that's yeah true. Just, I don't love the just, character but it struck me in this moment how it's funny that his name is basically Jack Harlow it is. I keep wanting to just call him Jack Harlow to keep the bit going, but then I'm afraid people are going to get confused. <laughs> we should do we should do like a slide of who we want cast in the movie and then we should put Jack Harlow <laughs> as Jack Harlow and then yeah. Dean as in Dane. Perfect. Yeah. Let's keep brainstorming the rest. Yeah. Um okay, okay. So so, okay, so that scene kind of ends when Violet arrives at breakfast duty with a vial of dried powdered berries that is undetected, especially as she sprinkles some over Orin Cipher's scrambled eggs. She's poisoning him. I was like, oh, she's straight also, up poisoning him. Yeah, she is. I was a little concerned. I was like, are they going to die? But they don't. They, she just makes them all sick and hallucinate and stuff. Um... Also, is I'm I haven't been wearing my retainers a lot. I have Invisalign for those who don't know, and I'm wearing it today. And I feel like my lisp is so bad. So please just ignore. I haven't noticed it at all, at all. Um, don't lie to me, Isabel. I would never. Um, but also, 
you know, call back to last week. I was thinking as she was doing this, because, you know, I said maybe she's going to be a, a mender when she gets her powers. But I was like, you know, mm. kind of fits that all the herbs and things, you know, oh, my mender theory. That's a, good, that's a good point. I actually don't think that's right. Now seeing like how cool the powers can be with the shadows and stuff, I think she needs to have a cooler one, but it mm-hmm. kind of fits. So I think it's got to be something never seen before. Yeah, I like that, too. Um, okay, so from there, the chapter jumps to what appears to be a class about dragons. So this one is really interesting. I like this part. Me too. So Professor Kaori, Kaori um, is using his signet power of illusionment where he can project what's in his brain to show them each of the different types of dragons that will be willing to bond this year. Of which there are a hundred this year, which is 37 le- less than last year. They discuss how it's quite coincidental that fewer dragons are willing to bond year over year and the wards are falter- faltering more and more often. Related? Yeah, I was confused. I mean, we're supposed to be confused, but like why there's fewer dragons. Like maybe the dragons are switching Team sides. Rebels. Yeah, and that's, how the, and that's how the wards are breaking and how those attacks yeah, higher up. Yeah, because later, because later she's also talking to Dane and she's like, do you think that um, Zayden or that the Skagel, 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 sorry, the names really kill me, that do you think that Skagel, Zayden's dragon, would have bonded with um, Zayden if he knew that he was like plotting against them or something. Or she was like, do you think Zayden's plotting against them? And uh, uh, Dane was like, no, because the dragon wouldn't have bonded to him if he was, because they want to protect, you know, their country or whatever at all costs. So they wouldn't have bonded to Zayden if he was plotting against them. But I was like, unless the dragons are switching teams. Right, it's putting a lot of trust in the dragons to like suss out who's good or who's pro Navarre and who's pro rebel when you don't know what a dragon's thinking until you're bonded to it. And I, it yeah, makes it, and it like, oh, I was go just ahead. gonna say it, it makes sense how the wards are breaking then if dragons are on both sides, you know. Yes, and I think that you know, Dane specifically says that they are like pro their land not pro the nation of Navarre. So like, so like if they think Navarre is a threat to their land, that rather than the other people, then they're going to be pro rebels. You know, that's a great, that's a great point. Thank you. Thank you. Everything is, (laughs) is developing here. Okay. All right. I like our theories we're rolling with. Okay. So the professor shows them the blue dagger tail, which is Sigail, um, which is Zayden's dragon. He says there are no blue dagger tails willing to bond this year, but they should still be aware of her. For if you see her without her bonded rider, you should definitely find somewhere else to be. She is ruthless and doesn't abide by what appears to be dragon law. She even bonded to the relative of one of her previous riders, which is typically forbidden. So I'm not sure why, but I assume that means she was with Zayden's father previously. Who was a rebel. <laughs> Exa- who was the leader of the rebels. <laughs> so how can they say that dragons don't bond with rebels? Which, oh, I don't that's know. true. 
So maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I don't know. Also, I just thought this class was cool because the instructor was like, here's the, he reminded me of like Hagrid's class, <laughs> like care of magical yes. creatures. Like here's this yes. blue dragon. Here's the way you can approach it. Here's the way to like not get burned alive. Like here's what it wants you to do. It was cool. Yeah. Of like when he's uh, introducing them to the hippogriff. And yeah. Like, you must approach and bow. <laughs> yeah. It was giving that. Mm-hmm. So a student asks about the black dragon, the rarest of dragons, um, not a student, Jack Carlo. Uh, <laughs> the professor projects the dragon, which is the only other black dragon besides General Melgren's. Um, it's the biggest, has a morning star, morning star tail, which makes him deadly. It's the smartest, rarest. There hasn't been one born in the last century. Most cunning. I mean, obviously, this is going to be Violet's dragon, right? I wrote the same thing. <laughs> like, she gets this one, right? <laughs> um, so Jack Harlow asks how to approach him, to which the professor responds, you don't. He hasn't agreed to bond since his previous and only rider was killed during the uprising. And the only way you'd ever be near him is if you're in the veil, which you won't be because you'd be incinerated before you ever got through the gorge. So, like, I don't know what's going to happen at the threshing, but Violet's going to end up there and that's going to be her dragon. And it was probably Brennan's. I can't freaking wait to get to the threshing. Can't freaking wait. I know. I know. It's going to be sick. It's going to be so sick. Should we dress up as dragons on the threshing episode? <laughs> I thought you were going to say for Halloween because that's next week. And I was like, interesting. But, you know, that's a great idea, Sadie. What if we're just FaceTiming right now? Just like in full-on dragon onesies. Oh, my God. I don't know why. I just like let an intrusive thought win with bringing that up. I love it. I'm here for it. Um, so Jack asks what this, and I'm kind of giving, like bringing up some of these questions just cause I feel like it gives us a little bit more insight about how this bond works. Um, so Jack asks what signet power the black dragon gives his rider. And the professor says, there's no telling signets are the result of the unique chemistry between rider and dragon. And usually says more about the rider than the dragon. He then explains that the previous rider's signet was siphoning. Oh, wait. I forgot that we know who the previous rider is. It obviously wasn't Brennan. So ignore my previous comment. Um, but he explains that the previous rider's signet was siphoning, which means he could absorb power from various sources, other dragons, other riders, and then use it or redistribute it however he, oh wait, however he pleased, which is crazy. And I can see that being Violet's power too. Something like yeah. that. Like strategic. All powerful. <laughs> yeah. Right. But also like the strategy of like, I'm going to take this power, put it over here. I'm going to do the, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. 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 And uh, however, this, the previous rider died by trying to use it to revive a fallen rider, which didn't work. He burned out and died next to that rider. And at that moment, the professor kind of like briefly glances at Violet and she feels something unexplainable in her chest. Yeah, sad. So the bell rings and the class empties. Violet stays behind and asks the professor, it was Brennan, wasn't it? 
which the professor confirms was the writer that he was trying to save. And basically the professor then asks Violet, like, you know, things have been pretty rough for you here, right? Like you're a target as a Soren Gale and whatever. And he tells her that after graduation, she'll see that being General Sorengale's daughter means others will do just about anything to keep you alive, even pleased, not because they love her mother, but because they either fear her or want her favor. So is that Violet? Is he he saying that that's what that guy was doing? Yeah, that he was like that they'll just do anything for a Sorengale out there. Because my first thought was like, was that her brother's boyfriend? Like, that seems like a very, oh, like, you know, like a logical so. thing to try to do. Like a, like a thing of passion to try and do. Like, oh, I'm so yeah. distraught. I'm going to bring you back. But Wait, I love that even more. I hope that's what it was. <laughs> that's where my mind went. Like, it's like a, because otherwise he would like have maybe sense that he was weakening himself so much and stop, but it seemed like they had such a close bond that this guy was like doing everything yeah. he could to try and bring him back. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good theory. I like it. Um, so Violet's starting to leave and the professor stops her and says, I like this moment. He says, I taught both your siblings. Brennan was a spectacular rider and a good man. Mira is shrewd and gifted in the seat when it comes to riding. But you're smarter than both of them. From what I've seen, you you helping your friends study in the commons every night, it seems you might be more compassionate too. Don't forget that. So do we think Professor is Team Rebels? <laughs> so what I wrote is the professors are all so nice. Like, why are they so okay with how this camp is run? Like this Hunger Games-esque style. Who is at the top making the rules? Because it feels like the professors like care about the students, get invested in the students, like yeah. want them to succeed. So it just is very like mismatched with the tone that the camp was introduced. Like I pictured like army generals, like, yeah, you know, not like nice little professors who tell you about your family history and give you compliments. Yeah, it probably just depends on the cadet and the professor. It seems like there are all these rules like about you not being able to kill each other, but they're just not enforced. Right. And she says that a lot of people have been dying. Yeah, she says that a lot of people are dying, which I'm like, how? They're they're either in in a sit down academic style class with these nice old men teaching them. Or they're in hand-to-hand combat, which seems like, unless you're Jack Harlow breaking necks, like, it's kind of hard to kill someone. I, I don't know. know. It seems like they all pull out weapons on each other in the mat. When Jack Harlow killed that guy and, like, snapped his neck, the professor was like, oh, Jack. Like, yeah. it wasn't even, it didn't even phase them. So it's like, yeah. it's just a very weird dynamic. It's it's really confusing. Like if Jack killed Violet, I'm sure that this professor would be mad. Like I don't know. It's just confusing. They kind of they they're kind of like the professors that we've seen are like even less mean than like the Hogwarts professors. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like they're so nice. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so the chapter then cuts to the first challenge. So. Dane and Vi are watching Rhiannon beat the shit out of her opponent when Dane warns her that he overheard Orin, who she's about to go up against, and his friends discussing how Orin plans to kill her today. And Violet's like, I'm going to be fine, like mostly to herself. 
Um, and Jack Harlow makes a few classic smart-ass comments ending with, Violets are such delicate, fragile things, you know. And Violet whips around throwing two daggers, one barely hitting, like nicking his ear and the other an inch below his balls, exactly where she intended for them to land. And that shuts him up. Uh-oh. And Dane's like, she's yeah, already Dane's listening like, to Zayden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, what the heck, Violet? I told you to lay low and you just piss him off more. And she's like, laying low hasn't gotten me anywhere. But she can't help but go and like look over to where Zayden is to see if he saw what she did. And her heart like kind of like stutters when she sees the slightest hint of a smile on his face as he continues to watch like the other matches. Uh oh. But I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> He's like, that's my girl. I don't know why, yeah. but that's his girl. He's like, hell yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> okay, so Violet's called to the mat, and so is Oren, and he's looking slightly green with illness, and Violet's like, just as planned. Um, so they talk some shit. Oren throws some like wild punches that she dodges. He eventually finds himself on his stomach on the floor, Violet's knee plunging into his back. And she's like telling him to, you know, I forget the term, but like yield. basically call it yield. Thank you. Um, and he's like, uh, he's like, never. But then he just starts vomiting all over the mat, like so gross. And basically Vi wins and takes the da- his dagger as her trophy. That's disgusting. Also, um, she's very smart i'm also glad she's not actually killing people because i was like whoa (laughs) yeah Um, yeah she's just poisoning them in different ways which is cool but also Mm -hmm. he i don't know if you said this before but he wanted to kill her because he thought she was a liability because jack harlow has so much beef with her which i was like what like seems like a stretch but it makes no sense it makes no sense i guess maybe she's just like a distraction um but but yeah, so then we basically get like a montage of week after week, her yeah. winning each of her battles by poisoning each of her opponents. Um, so she's like, but so as the quote at the beginning foreshadowed, she does struggle with timing the admin, like administering the poisons. Yeah. So she is taking a good beating before the poisons kick in and like take out the opponent yeah and they're different each time after we right it's not just the berries like some is some are hallucinating some is losing all feeling in their feet um but then on week what was it week six her opponent doesn't show up because they can't walk straight from whatever violet drugged her with and Violet's like shit my timing is bad this time like you would want that to happen during the match not have her not show up and so she's like starts backing off the mat she's like oh dang okay sounds good and someone chimes in I'm happy to step in and the chapter ends with (laughs) and Zayden walks onto the mat literally i was screaming i was actually screaming i also was like how is that allowed i right he is way above above her in capabilities 
Like, there's genuinely no rules at this place. And then randomly they'll pull out a rule. But, like, there really are no rules. It's <laughs> just no is really stressful. I was so stressed out. I, I also thought, because this chapter was pretty long and so much happened. I thought this was where we were ending it. And I was like, no. I was like, <laughs> no, I need to know what happens. And also, how is he going to do this and not hurt her? Like, if he hurts her, I yeah. can't like her anymore. I can't like him anymore. But, oh I man. thought I had all the same questions. Can I just can I just read the rapid fire paragraph of questions that I just wrote after this? Yes. What did you think was going to happen here? He owes her a favor, remember? But would he make himself look bad by losing? Maybe the favor is not killing her. At the end of the day, this really isn't fair. Are other first years fighting third years? How is this even allowed? Literally, how is this allowed? Because is it, they don't really explain, but this is kind of like a tournament style thing that they're doing. Like you, mm-hmm. winning is important, but they don't really say like what you get if you win and what happens if you lose. But I was like, but this like counts towards something, I think. So how is this yeah. allowed? It's uh, it's it's bullshit. It's bullshit. I was so anxious <laughs> heading into chapter nine and I didn't have time. I had to go to the store and I uh, before John got home from the airport and I was like, well, I have to I literally have to stop at this point. Like I was like, yeah. what? what am I going to do? It's like how in the Triwizard Tournament, only like above 17 year olds can join because before that you don't know any magic and then little Harry has to go in. Yes. Not knowing how to do anything. Bullshit. 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 I'm screaming into the mic, but also my heart dropped like the, the, Me too. the, the twist at this end. I was like, oh my God, it's so good. Well, and that's, and I was just racking my brain because I was like, he can't lose because that would make him look weak as fuck. Yeah. But he also like can't hurt her because I know we're, I know they're going to be together. So I'm like, what is going to happen? I don't know why I didn't think, but now it's the best chapter thus far. Yeah. It's so good. The quote before I'm stealing your, your job here, but it's just Violet's entry, her own personal addendum to Brennan's notebook. But that is just, I will not die today. <laughs> Yeah, which is just perfect for this moment. And I love how the other ones really, truly foreshadow what we're about to learn in the chapters. And this one, like, doesn't give away the cliffhanger. It's totally just like, I'm not going to die today. Like, I what is going to happen? You know what I mean? Her same mantra from the whole book thus far. Yeah. Okay, so. The chapter opens with the professor and the professor's like, oh, we're in for a real treat. Zayden's one of the best fighters. Watch and learn, everyone. He couldn't have reacted worse. Like, it's just, no, you, you're like, oh, like she's definitely looking at him to be like, this isn't allowed, right? The professor is like, delightful. This will be awesome. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Uh, so Dane's like protesting, saying Violet is, he's like, Violet's a little out of her league here, right? Like, surely this isn't going to happen. But Zayden's like, just like gives him a death stare and is like, relax, relax, Aedos, or whatever his last name is. So Zayden starts like stripping himself of all of his weapons as he's approaching the map. And she's like, you don't think you're going to need those? And he's like, you have enough weapons for the both of us, which is kind of like belittling. Right. Um, he doesn't need anything extra. 
to but basically okay well i'll explain what happens with the first dagger and then like kind of the the pattern um so at that moment she throws a dagger at him and he catches it (laughs) and just throws it off the bat like how embarrassing for violet and uh basically that's kind of like i'm gonna go through because there's a lot of like banter here that just is so steamy and makes makes yep anyway um she um but basically the whole pattern is is she like throws a move and he's just like every he beats her and then every time just like takes one of her daggers and throws it away and takes one of her daggers and throws it away and just like slowly like breaking her down to her just I don't even know what the words I'm looking for is but (laughs) anyway (laughs) so Violet, Violet, Violet t- does a swipe kick combo, but Zayden dodges, grabs her leg, whips her around, um, and go. She goes for his leg with another dagger, but he grabs her wrist, wrist, and whispers inches from her face, "Going to going for blood today, are we violence?" And then throws the, her dagger off the mat, which I don't like the violence. <laughs> I, it's supposed to be like a cute little like play on her name. It, doesn't hit for I me. didn't like that that's really like the one thing he says that I was like oh no 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 it doesn't hit for me the whispering in the ear though I was like this is getting Ooh. very sexual for a sparring match yeah 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 that's how I felt this whole time so he's not using the blades against her though which is like something big to know like we were thinking he was gonna kill her but instead every time he gets one of her blades he just throws it away um, so he offers her a hand up and she accepts it <laughs> and he whips her around her pa- Her back is now like pinned up against his body and another one of her daggers is being held against her own neck. And he's like, don't trust a single person who faces you on the mat. Even and then she's like, even one who owes me a favor. And I just love how witty violet can be even though we know how terrified she is on the inside yeah you know like she's like even though you owe me a favor as he's like literally putting a dagger to her throat but anyway so they fight back and forth and the next time he has her pinned he says taking out your enemy before the battle is really smart i'll give you that problem is you aren't testing yourself in here if you aren't testing yourself in here, then you're not going to get any better. So he knows that she's been poisoning her opponents before so that she can win. And which, um, which he he does have his shadows and he saw her collecting berries. So I'm not surprised. And it's kind of obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah when every single one of your opponents is getting sick. But when you think about how there's like, over a hundred cadets and he's noticing every component she's up against it's like hmm. well he's watching her for sure i mean he did this like he stepped into like which it's like when he said that when he said the thing about she's not getting better i was like oh is this supposed to be a lesson like are you trying to are you actually trying to help her like are you trying to yeah trying to like he is let a fire yeah so that's also i what's going on i need to keep reading (laughs) I don't know his motivation. So so she has two daggers left. So it goes back and forth where he's like pinning her, telling her something, pinning her, telling her something. And she now has two daggers left. Uh, She kicks out the back of his knees and he falls to the ground. 
win for Violet. She gets him in a headlock on the ground, but he is able to grab her legs and whip her around, coming out on top, of course. And now he is, she is laying on her back on the ground. He is laying between her legs, his hips, (laughs) pressing her hips down onto the ground. Yeah, I was blushing. It, I literally wrote all caps. Why does this get so sexual? <laughs> my people are watching. Oh my God. People are watching. Dane is watching. Dane is watching. <laughs> Their professor is watching. The professor's probably like, excellent. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> That's so true. Okay. So the, his lips are inches from hers. And she's like starting to get turned on. And she's like, (laughs) my breath catches and my body warms. That traitorous bitch. Do you have the other quote that she says to herself here? I literally, there's one thing she says that I was like screaming at. Maybe the move is so unnervingly hot. No, as he's, as his face is like inches from her and she's like realizing she's getting kind of like turned on by this. She's like says to herself, you are not attracted to toxic men. You are not attracted yes, to toxic yes. men. And I literally, I was screaming. I, I cannot. I hated that so much. What? I thought it was hilarious. No, I hated it. I was like, that's something that I say to my friend after, like, after a guy has ghosted her for three days. Not to a man who's trying to kill her. And it's like such a and it's also toxic comes in many forms toxic can come in many forms um so that i was like that is so funny that it's used in this context when like usually it's used for like a guy who's like you know sleeping around like also Mm -hmm. it like breaks the fourth wall for me like it felt like my mom trying to say that 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 is so true it's too modern. Like it's yeah. too something someone today would say. I yeah. can see that actually. It's too um, some, yeah. It's too that. And then also, I don't know this author. She might be like our age. I don't know. But it felt like the delivery was like wrong. So it felt like it's coming from like a mom using like a like a teenage phrase in the wrong way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's so true. I'm That's trying to see when like. this. I'm trying to see when this was published. But I don't remember. I'll have to look it up. But um, yeah, I could see that. But I thought it was hilarious. I mean, I, I was cackling. So I you know, also thought it was hilarious. But yeah, I just thought it was OK. Funny. OK, this this is the best part now. So he's laying on top of her in missionary and he <laughs> says <laughs> he says, get your dagger. And she's like, what? <laughs> And he laces his fingers in hers as he guides her hand to her last dagger. You're you're tiny, says Zayden. Well aware, (laughs) says Vi. So stop going for bigger moves that expose you. And then he drags the top of the dagger down his side. A rib shot would have worked just fine. Then he guides their hands. He's still holding her hand. Guides her hands around his back. Kidneys are a good fit from this angle, too. And she thinks, I swallow, refusing to think of other things that are a good fit at this angle. (laughs) I mean, we were all thinking it. We were all thinking it. 
it's giving like how Resand was like so like obviously in love with Feyre before that he even really knew her. And so everything he did was so sexual because he obviously was trying to seduce her. But I'm like, yeah. is Zayden trying to seduce her? Like, you can't just be doing this and not know that it's extremely sexual. Sexual. And they're doing it in front of everyone. It's so inappropriate. Yeah. Okay. So he then leads her hands to his waist. <laughs> his gaze never leaving violets to show her another spot. And he says... You can't poison every enemy you come across. And then he guides her blade back into her sheath. And she thinks the move is so unnervingly hot. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I'm not so, not even unnervingly. Like, it just is hot. Like, everything he's doing is, is supposed it's to objectively, be hot. <laughs> it's objectively hot. Um, and, like... They're like, I feel like just still like locking eyes as he's like tucking the dagger back into her like corset. Yeah. And all of a sudden like Dane chimes in. He's like, that's enough for today. (laughs) (laughs) And that's reminding her that I wrote in all caps. They are not the only ones in the room. Like they're having this very sexual moment. But also, Dane, that could have been you. You could have been doing those moves. Hand to hand combat training. You know, a lot of like rolling around in the mats. He could have taken his opportunity to finally do something. I know. But golly, that was a steamy, steamy scene. I mean. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So the chapter, do you have any other thoughts before it cuts? Just that Zayden must already know that they're destined to be together. Like, otherwise, why is he acting like this? Yeah. Do they have mating? Like, like I'm confused. That's the only explanation. Like, this is unexcusable behavior otherwise. If he's not already, like, really into her. But how could he be? He doesn't know her. It's very even if Even if a man was like, okay, so I have two thoughts. So one, objectively hot. If a man did this to me, I would melt into the floor. <laughs> but two... If a man did this to me in a public setting like that, where I am like in college or like I'm a place of work, I would <laughs> hate him. <laughs> it's funny thinking be about so... this happening to you at your place of work. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I'm literally the accountant <laughs> at our desk jobs. <laughs> yeah. I would die too. <laughs> <laughs> How even? how even more out of place (laughs) it's extremely inappropriate in that sense (laughs) okay oh my god okay okay (laughs) so the chapter then cuts to violet in dane's room wait Uh, first though first oh zayden zayden says to to dane in front of everyone she could use less protection and more instruction and that's exactly what i was saying yes sorry that's exactly what your note was much earlier on he is smart i hope dane like actually well he proves us wrong here but i was about to say (laughs) i hope dane actually takes that advice in one ear out the other mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm So the scene cuts to Violet laying on her stomach on Dane's bed while he's massaging the soreness out of her back. She is just getting the treatment today. She is. She (laughs) is. Um, But a side thought I had here is like he's clearly like committed to 
you know, helping her, protecting her, whatever. Well, not really helping, but you know what I mean? In his way of helping. But like, when does Dane train? Like, does he need a massage? Like, he's only a second year. <laughs> like, it just point. seems like she's the only one going through it. And he's just like chilling. But you have three years of college. Like, is he not also battling it out right because like you like a quarter die each year or whatever um but yeah. i guess he's he she said he has to be like at the top of his class to be a um a squad leader so maybe he's just really good but we never get to see him in action like yeah i'd but love it's to a see good him point. in action you know al- always the protector never the never the protectee yeah always the protector never the defender yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> okay so i kind of talked about this earlier about they're you know they're talking about the match and how zayden's like wondering if zayden is plotting against navarre but then they're like no way the dragon wouldn't have bonded to him blah 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 i kind of already talked about that um but this kind of leads to dane admitting to violet that he talked to professor markham which is the scribe professor that's part of battle brief (laughs) izzy's already shaking her head and he told him about how there's like all this, these people who want to kill Violet and the professor agreed to take Violet to the scribe quadrant this late in the game and not tell her mother until she was already a year in and it'd be too late. What's our count of how many times he's tried to say this? Is it, are we at it's seven? Like so annoying. I think it is. I think it's once a chapter. So maybe nine. My literal last note of this of this set of chapters is if he suggests her leaving one more time, I'm going to scream. I mean, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again because of how this chapter ends. Yeah. So it does make me feel bad, though, because it's annoying. But like when the words that he says are so like heartfelt and sweet, like they they break through Violet, too. So she's rightfully upset. And she says, or she's thinking, Dane knows me better than anyone. And if he still thinks I can't do this after I've made it this far, which is just like so sad because it's like every time she makes a step in progress or like gains a little bit of confidence, he like breaks it and shoots it down by being like, you should leave, you should leave, you should leave, you know? Yeah. And to his credit, like maybe because the Rebecca only writes him as having this doubt for her and like being worried about her. And then they had that whole montage of her. She beat five opponents mm-hmm. and we never get one moment of him being like, good job. You're so great. Like, yeah, you, know, you proved me he's, wrong. Yeah. He's kind of written in a bad light, but he is yeah. being sweet. So you are really torn. Like he's literally like, grabbing like holding her waist like begging her in this in this scene like holding her face like he's like he just loves her you know yeah Which, yeah he's not a bad guy it's just he's you know she's our main character and she can't go be a scribe dane so she has to stay in the writer's <laughs> quadrant <laughs> So he, yeah, so he gives like a very heartfelt speech about how during threshing like the cadets are not only going there to bond with dragons but they also take the opportunity to kind of like get out any of the last little liabilities that made it there and he doesn't want to have and he there's nothing he can do when that's happening so he doesn't want to watch her like be hunted down by all these like enemies she's made and her classmates um and like be killed right in front of him and he's like 
um he's like holding her face with his hands and it's like really like melting her anger you know and he ends with just promise me you'll think about it we still have four weeks until threshing just think about it and the chapter ends with violet responding i'll think about it yeah he like actually broke through to her she starts off very defensive like no i've made it here almost crying almost crying yeah and then he's obviously very distraught he doesn't want to watch her die which like fair like i totally get his perspective but it's just putting doubt in her head and i don't like that she's thinking about it need her to stay i i also again very threshing like every every task has just these random like confusing rules like it's a free-for-all but it's not a free-for-all because like the squad leaders can't help but they just Mm -hmm. watch you die but then you also have to bond to a dragon it's gonna be a very interesting it's gonna be very interesting to see that play out yeah i'm so excited for thrashing so so excited me too um i also when he was saying like all these people want to kill you i was like it's really just jack harlow but I guess now she has more enemies from beating all those people and they probably like are mad that they looked weak fighting her and want a redemption, I assume. Well, I think that like, I think, I mean, she said, like Mira said going in that like, you're going to have a target on your back as the daughter of Gen- or Commander Soringale. And, and Dane like references like, basically a lot of the harassment and bullying she's getting like someone put up like put like crushed violet flowers all on her bed and stuff so like i do think she has more enemies we just only know the name of like Orin, her first battle and then jack carlo but i think that there are more i think she's just generally a target yeah oh man oh man you know, it would be helpful it's, if Dane and her could plot to take out Jack Harlow. That would, yeah, that it would, would be help nice if Dane did anything other than beg her to leave the quadrant. You know, I think I would have liked Dane more had we not read um, Akatar. Like Tamlin, really, like that changed how I look at male characters. You know, like a protecting male character. Like yeah. my guard, my guard is up. My guard is up. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know. Nothing could be worse than like seeing someone depressed to like where they're like literally dying of depression and you just like blatantly turning a blind eye. Right. Well, it's just the the parallels you now question the protector. You don't well, yeah. Right. The protector doesn't do anything. Like he doesn't empower her to do anything. Doesn't help her. He mm-hmm. just like continually voices how he doesn't really think she can do this and that's very similar to what tamlin did and yeah i don't think he's gonna be as bad as tamlin was i hope not but my guard is up and i could be wrong yeah you know maybe zayden's bad i don't think you are (laughs) i don't think you're wrong (laughs) but what honestly it would be a great change of pace if like she gets with zayden and then like dane gets with rhiannon (laughs) like gets uh, over it and is like yeah. on the good side you know that's true rhiannon i think is into women though the, oh yeah i forgot about tara yeah you're right she but he had like that, both but D- dane had that fling that girl's name who he mentioned oh yeah so oh 
But I don't want him to like someone else. <laughs> I know. I know. They need to both be obsessed with her, which they are. So. Yeah. <laughs> which they are. <laughs> God. Chapter nine, man. I think I'm going to read tonight. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, if you don't have any other thoughts, I think we can wrap up. No, just I'm all in. I'm all in. I get I get the hype and I'm really, Me really, too. I'm really happy we we switched to fourth wing because this has re- oh, yay. reinvigorated me totally totally same um well Sadie do you did you have any other thoughts anything we didn't cover not really I just have to say the same thing kind of happened when we were doing Akamath and Akatar, but like it's so much fun to do it with you is like really develop the theories like I had like a slight theory about Brennan and Violet and why Zayden was acting that way but we've really just like developed it live together and now when we're right I can't wait to just rejoice with you it is fun that we're on the same team now yeah because previously I was almost like I was like trying to dissuade you (laughs) when you were yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) exactly and now we're in it together um oh my mic just fell well, thanks, Sades. Um, sorry, I was so um, mouthy today and kept interrupting you. I was just bursting oh, I with loved it. bursting with things to say. But I thanks- loved it. This is what like I'd almost okay. I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna get sentimental again. But like this is like almost why we started the podcast, right? Like with the last one, it would just be me reacting, talking, but you really couldn't give me much. But like now it's like coming on here and just spewing all our thoughts. And like, we're like talking over each other. And we're like getting so excited. I'm <laughs> yeah. just like, this is a book club. I love it. Yes. This now is a true, true book club. Um, it's so fun. It's so fun. Um, well, thanks everyone for listening. I hope you had, I hope you're enjoying this book as much as we are. Cause I'm freaking loving it. <laughs> Um, we will be back next week for chapters 10 through 12, and we are having a much anticipated, much delayed special guest, our friend Holly. She was supposed to come on during Akamath and then we announced her and then she never came on because she was out of the country. So this is about two (laughs) months too late, but she's coming on next week. I'll be with Sadie and Holly live to record. So it will be a great Mm -hmm. episode in the meantime. Follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok, like, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave a review. Also, we have stickers. So if you want a sticker, DM us your address and we will send you a sticker. For free. For free. For free. (laughs) So thanks, everyone. See you next week. See you guys. Bye.